0: Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question. How do I become a saint? Today's podcast is the beauty of being pro-life. I have with me Jaina. Jaina, I asked you last time how do you say your last
1: name? <laughs> Zuniga.
0: Zuniga. Um, So this is actually the second time we're recording this conversation, and as you guys can expect, the devil doesn't like a talk called The Beauty of Being Pro-Life, and so the files were corrupt. Today I have it being recorded in two different places, so hopefully we don't experience that problem, Um, but I'm going to firstly give a shout out to our podcast sponsors, which is good Catholic and the Catholic company use code got for 25% off any order on the Catholic company website or use code got for 20% off any order on the good Catholic website um, I hope I said that correctly 25% off with the Catholic company 20% off with good Catholic uh, a really great opportunity to get some really good discounts on some wonderful things check out the links in the bio and now we get to the episode like i said we're talking about the beauty of being pro-life i have with me jana and her last name i'm not going to try to pronounce again Um, (laughs) but we chatted before uh, and had this conversation as i said didn't didn't uh, work but here we are back at it so we're here to talk about the beauty of pro-life but before we get rolling with that i want to just give you the opportunity to introduce yourself
1: yeah and thank you so much again for having me two times now <laughs> <laughs> um my name is jana and i live in colorado springs with my husband tim um i grew up in georgia i went to school at st mary's college in south bend indiana um, i studied art there and then went on after that to do some pro-life work in Phoenix, Arizona. I lived in um, a maternity home for homeless pregnant women for a year called Maggie's Place. And then I was a counselor for a pregnancy center there as well for a year after that. Um, And then I met my husband and we moved to Colorado Springs, um, got married, and now I run my own online um catholic boutique i guess you could say um, i create lots of fun catholic things uh t-shirts stickers watercolor prints i paint um and design various products um so yeah that's just a little bit about yeah that. and
0: you have a you have a recently or uh, coming out with a virtual alto uh
1: yeah right Yes, yes. Um, a new product line coming out next week, June fifteenth. Um, my husband and I love camping and hiking, so we obviously love living in Colorado. And yeah, I'm coming out with a, f- um, a series of products that are geared for the outdoorsy person <laughs> in honor of Pierre Giorgio Forsati. So
0: awesome. Well, yeah, his feast day is July fourth, so it's coming coming right up yeah roll that out mm-hmm. so we're here talking about the beauty of life um, our listeners I think would love to hear just about how you lived uh, with the homeless pregnant woman after college uh, your mm-hmm. counselor uh, just your mm-hmm. time there at St. Mary's if you could just kind of share uh, that story uh, in, in detail
1: yeah um, do you want me to start with my time at St. Mary's
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, totally up to you. Sorry, I yeah. Think-
1: there's, there's oh. a lot there. Um, Basically, yeah. To, to so
0: question of how, how, we got to talk, be talking about.
1: What yeah, yeah. Um, so I think my really personal journey with the pro-life movement started um, when I was on the bus ride back from the pro-life march in DC. Um, I went with. A bunch of Notre Dame students. And at the end, our bus leader made an announcement and said, if you want to do something beyond attending the pro life march um, to further the pro life movement, here's a whole list of resources that you can, you know, references where you can get involved um, when you get back to campus. And one of them was being a, they called it a commissioner um, for their pro life club for something they called Project Mom and that was an initiative to raise money to throw baby showers for women from the crisis pregnancy in south bend um the local pregnancy center called the women's care center so i that just really appealed to me i wanted to do more it was my first semester um as a college student and Yeah, I decided to sign up and uh, worked that semester to throw this baby shower for a bunch of moms um, from our local pregnancy center. And something that really marked me was um, we got to the baby shower and one of the women who was there um, that we were throwing it for, her mom approached me and said, "Um, I just want you to know, how much we appreciate what you're doing for my daughter. Um, she was considering having an abortion when she found out she was pregnant. She was in such distress and um, she's really, really been struggling. And um, this has just meant so much to her. You've made her so happy. And um, she just continued to thank me and really stressed what an impact um, what we were doing was having on her daughter. and. I was just so impressed and taken back by what she said because I never really, it never occurred to me that having a baby shower um, could make such a difference in someone's life and that there were so many women and mothers out there who didn't have someone to even throw them a baby shower and to support them in that way. So I was deeply convicted after that conversation that. I could continue to do such simple things um, that could really change a mom's life and the life of their unborn child. So I continued to um, just become very active on campus and I decided to kind of start a pro life club for my own college, St. Mary's. So I was doing this through the Notre Dame Rights Life Club. And at the time, my college at St. Mary's didn't have much a pro-life club and we were an all-girls catholic college and i was like okay we need to have our own club um you know as an all-women's college we could do so much if we really put our minds to it so i brought project mom to saint mary's and we started hosting baby showers um on our campus and um started just I, i worked with I was a fellow with the students for life organization and I started doing campaigns on campus to start conversations about abortion and uh, just different pro-life topics. And so, um, that was when I really started to feel personally called to continue to support the pro-life movement and particularly support vulnerable pregnant women. And so when it came time to, you know, end of the year to graduate and decide what i was doing next um maggie's place was presented to me and um, i decided to move out there after a lot of discernment and um, i lived with um, these pregnant women for a year some of them were coming out of addictions Um, we saw all kinds of different women come in and our goal as mission corps volunteers was to uh really help them become independent and empower them to leave you know leave our house feeling strong enough to you know take care of their child and Uh, live a sustainable life with their new baby. So they could come to us at any point in their pregnancy and then live there for up to a year after they gave birth. So we provided a peaceful, loving living situation for them and really worked with them one-on-one. We each were assigned different mothers to work with one-on-one to try to help them apply for jobs, apply to school, whatever their personal goals were, um, working on sobriety. And that was tremendously beautiful to see uh, these women journey through their pregnancy, coming from really, really rough situations and to see how much they were transformed by being around people that loved them genuinely and we're cheering for them and supporting them um it just you, some of these women it was like a night and day difference by the time they they gave birth um to their child um so i heard so many <laughs> incredible stories and saw so many beautiful moments during my time at maggie's place and just continued to be very convicted that this is where i wanted to give my time and energy um so yeah then I applied to be a counselor at the pregnancy resource center there in Phoenix Arizona and um that was a very different experience um because I was counseling women who were deciding whether or not they wanted to keep their child Mm. and sometimes they were you know set on parenting and they just wanted the resources that we provided but many times they were um really looking for counsel on what to do Um, or they were completely set on having an abortion when they came to us and just wanted a free pregnancy test and a free ultrasound so that was where i it was an incredible opportunity to Just be one on one with these women. And in that counseling room, all the masks were just completely shed. And these women were very vulnerable and open. And it was very, very sad a lot of times because I heard such heartbreaking stories about women who had abortions in their past and it would come up in our counseling session. Um, And I encountered a lot of of women who did not want to have an abortion, were in tears talking about having an abortion, but still felt like that was what they had to choose. Um, It was also extremely rewarding to witness women come in feeling totally helpless and feeling like they had to choose abortion and then having a complete 180 turn in that counseling room um just from being told and encouraged um that they could do it and um you know just presenting them with all of the support we could provide and also reminding them of their own dignity um and telling them the truth about their unborn child and um reminding them that it is their child It just made a huge difference. So I, yeah, I feel very blessed to have had these experiences. Um, They changed me forever. And um, I get very emotional sometimes when I talk about, um, yeah, just the importance of supporting women. And when I see people who are, you know, advocating for abortion on behalf of women it just breaks my heart because i've seen so many women be completely destroyed by it and so um yeah i could go on forever about my my experiences in those years um yeah but i currently um you know, I've moved away from doing pro-life work full-time, but um, I'm currently volunteering once a week at our local pregnancy center here in Colorado Springs. So um, while I miss doing that full-time, I'm very thankful and blessed that I am still able to do that on a little part-time basis here in Colorado Springs. Um, Yeah, it's just such an important Important cause and mission to be a part of.
0: No, certainly. Well, and I, my sister works at a crisis pregnancy center, which, of course, now I'm going to be saying things that I said the last time, so I'm going to yeah. stop referencing last time uh, for anyone listening <laughs> at home. But I'm going to act like between you and I, this is the first time I'm saying it. But my sister works at a crisis pregnancy center, the actually the same one that, or the same organization that, uh, you were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. center and similarly to you, she does it one day a week and just hearing her talk about it, um, you know, always inspired me. But then also I went, was able to go to their, um, in, in Columbus, they have a big fundraiser for bingo Mm -hmm. and they do a big bingo fundraiser and it brings in hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think and it was so cool to just see all of these um people who were so impacted by this crisis pregnancy center or um mm-hmm. they even brought in one of the one of the ladies who um kept the baby came and she was presented with uh an award and just i, I don't remember exactly what it was but it was just so beautiful to see and uh the work that they're doing is is so important and places like, like that. Uh, it's not just mm-hmm. the women's care center, but, um, especially in our country today, when many people see Planned Parenthood as this great place for women's health and you and I, uh, and most of our listeners probably can attest that there are just so many better places that are not pushing abortion, but instead are pushing to keep the baby in support. And I think you made a great point of just talking about even that the girl you shared at the very start about how you guys threw her that that baby shower and how impactful that was um it it speaks to the importance of support and the 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 beauty of encouragement and what that can do for people and when i feel like they're not alone in this in this process um it allows for them to to see the child as a child and not see the child as a burden, which then in turn makes it probably i would guess a lot easier to to consider having that life um and so we'll we'll keep going here with some more questions but um thank you for sharing your story I think it's it's beautiful yeah. just the um, the realities of how the Lord kind of worked in your life and and the simplicity behind you just yes of saying yeah Lord whatever you need me to do in this space because I know these people um, who are in this situation they need support and love and you were able to provide that in a lot of ways you were able to be our Lord's hand and feet and um,
1: yeah praise but, God
0: yeah truly and that can look different for so many different people but uh, and we'll talk about that here as we continue but um, there are different ways to support the pro-life movement, um, but at the same time, the Lord will use you if you're just open. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's kind of my next question. I just wanted to ask you, what are some things that we can do to support the pro-life movement?
1: Yeah, I think so many ways that really depends on your phase in life and the resources that you have, but I think prayer is the first answer that everyone has access to right Um, and I have fallen in and out myself of just being really vigilant and praying for the pro-life movement and specifically women in crisis pregnancies and those in the government who are um, you know have the power to change laws that will protect the unborn um, or the vulnerable members of our society. Um, And so, yeah, I have fallen out of, in and out of praying specifically, but it's so powerful when we can get really specific with our prayers and committing to, you know, fasting from something on a certain day of the week for, the the pro-life movement um and whatever specific prayer that you have within that that can look different too um so prayer i think is so powerful um there's so much spiritual warfare um with the pro-life movement and it's so obvious
0: (laughs) as we saw with the first recording yeah
1: (laughs) yeah uh so prayer for sure but i also think and you know I think educating yourself in different capacities is really powerful so that you feel equipped to have conversations with people, whether that's, you know, talking to someone, you know, a peer who is adamantly for abortion, um, or feels indifferent about it and thinks, you know, oh, it's, it's wrong, but it should be everyone's choice, you know, the, the classic thing you hear um ha- like being equipped to have those conversations um is really really important and being able to convert people's hearts one by one is very very powerful um but also being able to have conversations with a women a woman who is in crisis um if you encounter that in your lifetime which is very possible um, so those two conversations are going to look very different. Um, and I think some people tend to be called to one or the other, like side of the the battle. Um, but there is a free series that I, um, just discovered that the Sisters of Life, um, put out and it's called the Into Life series. And it's a video series that you can watch to basically feel equipped to walk with a woman facing an unplanned pregnancy um so essentially like becoming a counselor on your own um and it's a program designed for the lay faithful to feel more equipped in this department so taking advantage of online resources there's so many um that can help you feel really empowered to um change the hearts of the souls that Christ puts in your path, I think is huge. Mm. Um, And then of course, you know, if you have the financial means, there's tons of organizations you can donate to, including the Sisters of Life and Maggie's Place and so many more, the Women's Care Center, um, donating to your local pregnancy center or, you know, collecting resources for your local pregnancy center is super easy um to do and can make a huge difference so those are the big things that come to mind
0: yeah no I like how you started though with of course the most essential thing which I think sometimes gets almost pushed to the side I think the beauty of the pro-life movement is it's filled with doers I mean truly these are the Mm -hmm. people who are on the ground who are doing things who are not just typically sitting at home, or even just writing a paycheck, I mean, or not a paycheck, but writing a check. Uh, Oftentimes, these are people who not only are trying to give financially, but are also willing to uh, support women, and support families, and support those who need this support. And yet, you're right that it starts with prayer, and it ends with prayer, and prayer has to be interwoven into the whole fabric of this movement and our Lord is the one who's going to be able to truly change people and if we can use you or me or others as instruments great praise God Um, maybe Mm -hmm. this conversation will be helpful to someone or will be sent to someone who said you know you should listen to these two talk about the pro-life movement maybe not I don't know but all that All that being said you know it's it's essential that prayer is at the forefront and um and then of course all the things that you mentioned are are also practicals that can be utilized in ways that are going to i think have a real impact and you know you mentioned it at the start you know just talking about even throwing a baby shower um you know things like that just rallying other people around you too has such an impact it doesn't have to just be you it's not as if you need to be spending a hundred dollars a week buying diapers for moms and feeling
1: mm-hmm.
0: like you're having to budget <laughs> you know a large yeah. money to support these moms No, get other people involved too because um we both know that there's a lot of um Silent supporters in this too um, mm-hmm. i I didn't mention it this time uh, I did the first time we talked. This conversation's not going to be political you know we we both preface that at the start and i've pride myself that thus far with gotta be saints, I've kind of stayed out of the political arena that's not that's just not personally not where I want this to go and um I also just don't think that a uh a page with blanket statements on the political movement is is very helpful um Mm -hmm. it's more of a person-to-person conversation so this is in no way a political um podcast and i appreciate that we're not going that way but um with that being said i think there is um what what do i want to what's the right foot or wording that i want to use but i think there's um value the fact that this um doesn't need to be political and that Mm -hmm. the we use the term in politics always the silent majority um i think there are people who might political aside who find themselves in the the silent majority here within the pro life movement Um, Mm -hmm. they do support this they just don't know how to speak about it because of how um, culturally, we are a little crazy right now in this world with um, <laughs> diversifying opinions and how people get offended. But all that said, I think there are people out there who want to support women, and it might be people you expect, but it also might be somebody who looks and thinks very differently Ethan, you, but they see um, life as as important. And we'll talk about this a little bit more, but, um, you know, the the moral obligation um, behind behind this pro-life movement Um, i want to ask one more question for this episode and then we can uh, take a pause and conclude with episode two but the last question i want to ask you for this one is um what are really the biggest barriers that you see for women who just truly feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders and they just can't choose life uh, for for their child And then how do you think we as a society, or we as individuals, maybe both, um, can help remove those barriers? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, First, I'm gonna be a little bit general, but then I can get into more specific scenarios. Um, Fear is always the number one barrier between a woman, Uh, choosing life, feeling like she's capable of choosing life and carrying her baby to term and giving it a a good life. Um, Or just maybe they feel like they're capable, but they're just afraid of um, afraid of people's reactions. But I feel like it always goes back to fear in some capacity. Sometimes it's fear that their parents are going to kick them out. Sometimes it's fear that they won't be able to finish college. They won't be able to pursue their dreams. Sometimes it's fear that they are not good enough as a mom, um, or that their situation isn't good enough to bring a child into. And you see this misplaced compassion for their child. You know, I, I had a woman i'll never forget she came up to the front desk at the pregnancy center in arizona and she was completely set on having an abortion and she asked us for an ultrasound and i just remember her eyes like kind of being glazed over like she was about to burst into tears and she said i'm not keeping it but i want a picture to remember it and so she had this complete awareness that this is her child and you could tell that there was love for that child too but she was completely set on needing to have an abortion she was a very young girl um and so Yeah, like, sometimes they're totally aware that this is a life, this is their child. Um, But the most loving thing for me to do for my child right now is to abort it. Um, And sometimes it's fear that they're not going to be able to live their life the way that they wanted to. And sadly, um, it's coming from a place of selfishness. That is not, I haven't seen that as often as the other reasons that I mentioned, Um, but I have seen it, you know, where there is a complete disregard um, for the life of their child and they just want to be able to live their life as according to, you know, what they want um, in their specific plans that they made for their life. Um, so a lot of fear and what I could offer as a counselor was first and foremost, the truth about the life of their child and the truth about what happens in an abortion, showing them the truth about how developed their child is and what the abortion procedure would look like. And then the type of aftermath they would experience after their abortion which looks a lot like PTSD Um, so sharing the truth in a loving way is very very important Uh, I saw so many women completely change their mind after they saw their ultrasound Um, I think I forget the specific percentage but it is a crazy high percentage of women who change their mind once they actually are able to hear the heartbeat of their child and see their baby on that ultrasound screen. And I have seen it with my own eyes happen and it's incredible. Um, So sharing the truth I think is removing a barrier, you know, of people being blind, Um, but also reminding women of their dignity and reminding them that um yeah they deserve more than abortion you know like not only their child deserves more than abortion but they themselves deserve more than having to get an abortion that they deserve to be able to keep their child and be taken care of you know sometimes they they feel like they don't even deserve that um and so, just love is so powerful and showing them authentic love is, restores their dignity as a woman, you know, and as a mother. And um, so these are things that like I'm thinking of as a counselor, you know, but I think we can also do that in our own way, you know, if, if you aren't working at a pregnancy center, Um, how do we remove these barriers, um, support the places that remove the barriers, you know, which these pregnancy centers are doing? Um, and, um, if you do encounter a woman who is in a situation where she is vulnerable to abortion, um, do everything you can to advocate for her and to, um, Give her the courage to choose life um, because she's very scared and walk with her, let her know that she's not alone. Um, I think a lot of women just feel totally desperately alone in their pregnancy. They don't have a girlfriend to call to ask questions about what it's like to give what it's like to give birth. you know they don't have a a mom who's in their life to support them and walk with them through this journey um so those are those are the big things um there are so many ways i mean even if we're not talking about just women in crisis pregnancies there's so many ways that we can promote the dignity of life um in our every in our everyday life but yeah
0: Mm. well thank you no i think you you pretty much answer that question really, really well. And you kind of, I don't want to say summed up, but um, I think, yeah, basically covered um, most of the the barriers and kind of answered how they can to some degree be resolved. Um, and just hearing about the, the heartbeat too, um, it speaks to the realities of, of life and, and how, oftentimes, you know, for this to be as prevalent as it is in our society, it's only only become that way when we remove what what's really um, there, you know, from the equation. It's we don't label it as a child, so that way it's easier to discard. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And
0: So when we're able to see it for what it truly is, you know, in this process of um, the babies and the pregnancy, you know, people are more likely to um, want to go through with it. But of course, as you said, support is going to be essential um, to making that happen in so many of these cases. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that is a good stopping point for episode one, uh, if you're okay with that.
1: Yeah.
0: Then we'll answer some more questions uh, for part two. But thank you to anyone who's listening at home. I hope that you found our conversation to be insightful. Um, I know that I enjoy talking to you and hearing what you have to say. Um, It just gets me to. So uh, thank you once again to our sponsors, Catholic Company and Good Catholic. Uh, Feel free to subscribe to the Gotta Be Saints podcast so that you don't miss episode two. And join us again next time. God bless. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, click to subscribe. This is a Good Catholic podcast. Visit goodcatholic.com for more
1: information.